Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. If you have your Bibles, can you turn into Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42? Um, On the screens is going to come the NIV version, but I'm going to read NKJV because that's what my Bible has. But I also want to read both translations, so I kind of did that on purpose. And as you turn there, I just want to make a mention next Sunday, it's been said, it's going to be our Christmas Eve service. And I really just want to challenge you. um, If you come across anybody and there's a special nudge, you're like, you don't know what that person's going through. You don't probably don't know them or you probably do know them. Invite them to Sunday. Christmas can be heavy for some people. Um, Majority, it's when we lose our loved ones and it's not the same for everyone. And what better way to spend in the house of God where we'll be singing about joy, where we'll be, I believe that it will be a time of healing celebration. And so if you have that nudge this week and you come across someone and you're like, yo, what you got going on for, the, for Christmas? And they're probably alone, invite them. You never know what an invite could do, how it could change their life, how it can impact it for the better. Okay, cool. All right, if you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. If you say, I'm not, say, hold on. Oh, okay, I'll hold on. (laughs) But it's on the screen, so we're here, and I'm going to read it. It says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. He is Jesus. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Can everyone say distracted? Distracted. With much serving. I believe this translation says with all the preparations that had to be made. But she was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. I'm out here. Jesus, you don't see me doing this? And I love Jesus' response. He says, Martha, Martha. He says her name twice. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing, everyone say one thing, is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this space. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and soften hearts, open eyes and ears, that we would receive your word. Father, I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. And that whatever you have on assignment for this morning, let it be done. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, so we just quickly read a short intro about two women in the Bible called Martha and Mary. These are the sisters of Lazarus. For those of you who do not know who Lazarus is, that's the iconic character that Jesus publicly resurrects. So that line that goes, Lazarus, come out. And if you watch the movie, he looks all mummified. And if you grew up with Bible movies, I did. And so, but we're not focusing on Lazarus. We're focusing on the sisters. And I've known this story for a long time. I'm under, my mother was a Sunday school teacher, and so I grew up with Bible stories. And me and my sister were very competitive, so we made it a mission to memorize as much as we can. But I've always had an issue with this story. I've had an issue with this story because I couldn't accept it. The way they would teach it would be like Martha was the wrong sister, the bad sister, and then Mary was the one who did it right. And I'm like, but she's sitting down doing nothing. Martha out here, out here ground, grinding and getting stuff done and I felt like I've always related to Martha but the way this story was presented to me I always felt like well if I'm Martha that you're telling me I'm wrong you're telling me I can't be excellent you're telling me I can't 
be who I feel like I am. But you see, I was wrong to think that Martha was the bad sister, the sister that got it wrong or the one that missed the moment. And what God has showed me and what he's continuing to show me is that it had nothing to do about what Martha was doing, but everything about when she chose to do it. So here's the main point. Here's the thesis of this morning's message. In order for me to be the best version of who God has called me to be, I need to know my when. In order for me to be the best version of who God has called me to be, I need to know my when. Now, I'm an educator. I, I have an education degree. My mother's a teacher. I've been raised by educa- educators, and I've written a lot of lesson plans. And so I'm going to give you the lesson plan of this morning. I like, I like lesson plans. I've written them for a lot of years. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to learn who these women are. We're gonna, we're, we have to know who is Martha, who is Mary. The second thing we're going to observe is, well, what were they doing? We're going we're gonna to find that out. And the last thing we're going to discover is, well, when is it time to be Martha? And when is it time to be Mary? So the first thing is, who's Martha? Now, the Bible does not say it, but there's context to assume that she's the older sister. Why? Because she's the one hosting. She's the one with the responsibility. She's the one putting things together. So we're assuming Martha is older. And it says that she was the one who invited Jesus into her home, but she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And with these two sentences, I was like, God, what's a better way to kind of give it to them so we can understand her better, so we for how we can relate to her? And this is what I believe God told me. I believe Martha is someone who pays attention to details. Martha is excellent. Martha is a leader. Martha is someone who cares. Martha is a solution to a problem. Martha knows when to go. And then there's Mary, and the Bible says she's the one who sat at Jesus' feet. That's, we only get one sentence, but from that sentence, I believe Martha is someone who knows how to receive. Martha is someone who knows how to listen. She understands the value of resting. She's not afraid of surrender. She has boundaries. She knows how to be present. So with these two character traits, where do you find yourself in the default? Are you Martha or are you Mary? Are you the leader or are you the listener? Are you the student or are you the teacher? Are you the good worker or are you the one that's good at resting? I don't want to say lazy, but good at resting. (laughs) Can I tell you a secret, Greater Church? In order to be a good leader, you need to be a good listener. In order to be a good teacher, you need to be a good student. In order to be a good worker, you need to be good at resting. You can't burn yourself out. In order to stay excellent, in order to stay ready, you need to have that balance. So what does that tell me? It doesn't matter who I choose to be. Both are important. Martha or Mary, you're necessary. Leader, listener, parent, teacher, student, you're necessary. You are exactly who you're called to be. And see, I struggle with this mindset, if I can be honest. I moved here. um, I'm from Florida. I'm Haitian-American. My whole family's from Florida. I have some family in Jersey, but they're the crazy side. I love Um, (laughs) y'all. But most of my family's in Florida. And as a Haitian what can I say? We're just loud, passionate people. But when I moved up here, it was such a culture clash. It was a different pacing. And I've been called too black, too ghetto, too emotional, too much, too dramatic. And these labels stung me. I was like, dang, I'm, what, who, who can I be here? Like, what's wrong with me? I felt like a mistake. I felt like I had to modify myself to the point where I became numb. Because back at home, I was normal. Like, I, my mother 
My mother is the greatest woman you'll ever meet. You know, she is an evangelist. She's a missionary. Um, she moved here from Haiti when she was 11, and she was cleaning homes with my grandma. She's intense. If you meet her, her volume is always up here, but she's not yelling. Like, she's just so passionate, and she wants to meet you, and she wants to cook for you, and she wants to serve you. And so that intense woman is who raised me. But up here, it was like, okay, I'm just way too much for these people. And I didn't understand, like, what's wrong with me? But what I've learned after maturing, what made me awkward in one environment made me necessary for the next one. So all the things I didn't like about myself, all the things that I felt like, oh, I don't like this about me, it made me so necessary for this environment. So I have to be loud. I have to be charismatic. Why? Because God gave me something, and I'm going to give it the way he gave it to me. I am who I am because he wants me this way. I am unapologetically me. I'm no longer looking for permission or validation to be who God wants me to be. So you, Martha, Mary, leader, thinker, preacher, teacher, whoever you are, you are necessary. All the things you didn't like about yourself, it's necessary. So now that I have peace with who I am, I need to know what I'm doing. If I know who I am, now I need to know, what am I doing, though? It's one thing to know who you are, but what are you doing with that knowledge? What was Martha doing? It said she opened her home to him. And I found that very interesting because to me, it's like she invited Jesus into her situation. She started with Jesus. But then it continues to say, but she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So she started well, right? She's like, Jesus, I want to start. I want to welcome. Come on, see what I got going on. And she invites him, great job. But then she becomes overwhelmed, like, oh wait, I wanna show you, I wanna show you that I'm worthy of you being in my spot. So hold on, I know you wanna talk to me, but I wanna show you what I can do. I wanna serve, I wanna do this for you, I wanna do this for you, I wanna do. And Jesus is like, but Martha, Martha, Martha can, can we talk? She's like, hold on, I really, I really wanna show you something. I wanna do this, 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 and, th and then it became too much. She had such, she had a great idea, she started well. But then she said, wait, I can do this. Hold on, I can prove to you that I am worthy of your love. I'm worthy of your affection. And little did she know she already had it. You didn't have to work for it. He was already in the room and she was trying to make it prove that she was worthy of this. Greater, you can't prove. You can't prove it. This love that God has for you, it's just yours. There's nothing that you could say or do to remove yourself from it. It's yours. And for me, I can relate to this because I find myself wanting to do so many projects for God. I'm like, I'm so excited and I'm so enthusiastic. And I notice most of my ideas come from my prayer room. So like when I'm spending time with God, I'm like, oh, that's dope. Oh, that's dope. And so then I'm ready to tackle on the world and I'm ready to like bring it to life. But then I find myself getting frustrated, missing my deadlines, my timeline, my plan. Why? Because the time that I used to spend praying and getting the ideas and getting like, okay, I got the instructions. Now, instead of waking up and praying, I'm waking up stressed. I got to finish this. I got to finish that. I got to finish that. The good thing that God gave me distracted me from the good thing, which is God. So we got to be careful because what irritated me about the story is when she wasn't doing anything, she was serving y'all. Is it bad to serve? Is it bad to care for someone? Is it bad to want to host someone? Is it bad to want to love someone and prove it through your acts of service? No. But we have to be careful because God can give us this good desire, 
this good thing. And if we don't watch ourselves, we can become obsessed with how it has to play out. We're like, I have to be this by. Any of us like that? I have to have a house by 25. Ha ha, I'm 29. <laughs> I have to be married by this, or I have to have this by. I have to have. No, just be present. Be here. Whose timeline are you on? I want to ask another question. What are some good things that are distracting you from the good thing? Probably the relationship, probably the job, probably your kids. I don't know how that works, but that's what God told me to say. (laughs) What is a good thing that you've just made priority over God? I was talking to a friend um, recently. I'm not going to say her name, but I love her. She's my best. She's a mother of three. And God told me to call her. And I'm calling. I'm like, yo, I haven't seen you in a while, but I know you're good. I love you. She's like, girl, you don't even know. Life is lifing. And I'm not praying as much. I got to take him to this game. I got to take him to that game. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You get to be a mother like this now. When your boys grow up, you're never going to have this time again. So don't become burdened and and feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm not praying. Oh, my gosh, I'm not here. No, God gave it to you this way for a reason. What we have to learn is how to tune in, when to tune in. I was like, you used to pray for hours. Great. They They weren't as active in sports yet. They were babies. So on the way there, pray. On the way out, pray. When you have your five minutes putting your makeup, pray. Now, I'm, you know, let me pause here because some of us understand prayer and some of us don't. I had another friend say, nuns, like, how do you pray? And I remember when I, in a time where that was very dark for me, where I was going through, like, suicide and stuff, I, I ventured 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm not saying you have to do this. I was just really desperate. And so I would wake up for 21 days from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. and just spend time in the presence of God. And then I did it in strategic ways. So prayer is, all prayer is, is communion with God. So however you choose to spend it, as long as it's intentional, it's prayer. So like for the first hour, I would read my Bible. The second hour, I would listen to a sermon. The third hour, I would listen to worship music. And the fourth hour, I would just walk around and pray out loud. And then I would switch it up. But as long as I knew, like, God, this is me and you. I didn't answer no phone calls. I didn't answer no texts. I wasn't distracted about anything else. I was focused. I was focused. So prayer can be, as long as it's active acknowledgement of the presence of God, you're praying. You could be at work in this chaotic environment. And you're having a dialogue in your spirit, like, Holy Spirit. These people are crazy, but whatever you need me to be, I'll be it. I'm listening. I'm sensitive. I check my attitude. Trust me, when I'm on the airport and I'm angry, it sets a tone. And I I had to catch myself. I remember I was angry. I was even from from Miami, and Miami's a crazy spirit. Chino has mentioned it, but it's crazy up there. And I remember on the flight, I was agitated. And then this man started going crazy, like, get me off of this plane. And I was like, oh, Lord, Lord, I checked my attitude. I started praying in the spirit. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I checked myself, I checked myself. And I was praying, and then he calmed down. I believe our emotions can set a tone. And as believers, we have power and authority of how to control them. I really do believe that. So I'm looking in this room, and I see parents. I see students. I see young people. I see older people. I see wise. I'm not saying y'all are dumb young people. I'm just saying I see a plethora of people of purpose. And I want to ask you, students, parents, leaders, world changers, whatever the God thing that God has given you, the good thing, the God dream, I challenge you to prioritize your prayer time. Your your, your what 
only comes from the prayer room. So you know whose you are, you know who you're called to be, but what you're supposed to be doing only comes from the prayer room. So let's recap. I know who I am. I know that I am a person of purpose. I know what I'm called to do, and my what only comes from the prayer room. So here's the most important part. When do I become all these things that I'm called to be? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes um, chapter 3, and it's going to come up, and I want you to help me read it. When I point to you, just say the phrase. It says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to a time to plant and a time to, a time to kill and a time to, a time to tear down and a time to, a time to weep and a time to, a time to mourn and a time to, a time to scatter stones and a time to, a time to embrace and a time to, from embracing, a time to search and a time to, a time to keep and a time to, a time to tear and a time to, a time to be silent and a time to, a time to love and a time to, a time for war and a time for So why is timing so important? We read eight detailed verses of a time for this, a time for that. And I remember asking God, why is timing so important? And this is what I believe he said to me. Nancy, because it leaves you in a posture of surrender. It leaves you waiting on me. And my brain clicked. I was like, oh, and waiting builds faith. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. How do you hope? It means it didn't happen yet. You're waiting on it. You're believing for it. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we got to wait on God. We got to get our timing right. We got to get our when right. How do you get your when right? When you have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I believe this is my message for us, Greater Church. Jesus is demanding intimacy. He didn't just die on the cross, resurrect, so you could go out there looking crazy. He's like, no, I want relationship. I want intimacy. You guys have power and authority, but you don't know how to use it because you don't know how to be intimate with me. We come here on Sunday and we get our fill, and it's so great to see y'all. I love to see y'all, but what about Monday? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? Can you keep your momentum? Can you keep your energy? Can you keep your joy? Can you keep your peace? Can you keep your sanity? That only comes when you have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. That's how you get your when. That's it. So when is it time to be Martha? I can tell you when it's not time to be Martha. Let's read it. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Everyone say many things. But few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. I love that the Bible says better and not right. Because if they said right, that means Martha was doing something wrong. She wasn't doing anything wrong, y'all. She just had it out of alignment with God's when. That's all it was. And I feel like so many people feel like they've been sabotaging their when. Like, God has given me too many good things, Z, and it's too late. I, I, I messed it up. 
I don't know how to be a good parent. I messed it up. I don't know how to run this business. I messed it up. I, I'm not going to school anymore. I dropped out. I messed it up. No, you didn't. You think God is not God enough to realign your wins? He's a redeemer. He's a restorer. You didn't miss it. Martha did. Jesus is so gentle. I love that he says her name twice. Every time Jesus speaks, he's always given revelation and gentleness, y'all. Now, if you're a hothead Pharisee, he's going to call you out for who you are. But if you're genuinely just defeated and you're just confused, he will meet you where you're at. You did not miss your win. You are a good parent. You are a good daughter. You are a good student. You have these good things that God want to give you. Now, let's learn when to be them. There's, but there's so much greatness in this house. And when I say great, we, we base it off of this scripture, John 15, 13. That there's no greater love than this, than one would lay down his life for his friends. So when I say great, I'm not talking about celebrity fame great. I'm talking about that sacrificial great. I'm talking about that real love. I can get dirty for you great. And we're called to greatness. We're called to, to love great, to love for real. That's why I love Pastor Chino and Lydia, because they got great love. They've gotten in the mud for a lot of people. Y'all don't see it up here, but I get to see it up close. And I've seen what real love looks like. It hurts. It cuts. It shapes. And they continue to do it. They continue to say yes. Because you know what? I think they're learning their wins. I think they've, they've adjusted their wins. And that's what I'm learning. I'm like, you know what? I, I complain to Pastor Chino. I'm like, she ain't listening to me. I told her to do this, 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 and that. And she ain't listening. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. Adjust. Adjust. All you got to do is what did God tell you to do? You gave them the instruction, now pivot. Pivot. So for you people who feel like I've missed my win, you haven't. You haven't missed your win. You're here now. You're present now. God is speaking to you now. All the things that started out as a blessing will continue to be a blessing as long as we steward our wins. So for me, some of y'all know this. I'm an artist. <laughs> I think I've said it a couple of times. I don't know if I said it before. I don't know. But I've been an artist, and um, I, 2021, I published my first children's books titled Free. And um, I believe this is what God has called me to do, is create content for kids that will change the world. So I wanted to be an animator. I wanted to work for Disney, DreamWorks, um, Pixar, all the whole nine yards. I wanted to create good content. Yeah. But for a long time, if I could be honest, my love for art has been on a huge decline. And when I lost my auntie um, last September, I think it's been a year now, that just sealed the deal for me. Like, dreaming, hoping, believing for anything died with her. And I got to be honest, when she died, I was up here and I was angry. It was like a crazy day. I remember it was Thursday. We were at worship rehearsal. And I had a flight hours later to go see her because they're like, yeah, the whole family's there. We're talking to her. And I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna about to go there. And then my phone starts blowing up at a certain time. And when your phone blows up and it's your crazy cousin and it's your other cousin and then it's your sister, at that point, I already knew. And it was a split feeling of just like, okay, I'm functioning, but like there's this rage building up inside of me. And I remember being so angry and high functioning, it scared me. Like nobody knew that I was angry. That, that, I wasn't even trying to perform or be. Like I was still functioning and I was angry. 
And I remember I told Chino, yo, I just want to sit. I don't want to do anything anymore. I don't want to touch anything. I don't want to touch anything. I'm done. Because on my timeline, my auntie was supposed to be at my wedding. My auntie was supposed to see my kids. She was, she was that person that championed all my dreams. She told me that I was beautiful. She told me that I was creative. I was talented. She believed in me more than I believed in myself. And I was angry because I'm out here highly involved in ministry, trying to figure out my life for God. And I felt like he was taking everything from me. And I'm like, God, don't you care? I'm out here. Why aren't you helping me? It feels like you're taking from me. And I got so angry, y'all. I didn't want to touch nothing. I got off the stage. I didn't play keys. I didn't sing. I was like, I'm done. I lost my ability to care for the things that God has called me to. When is it not time to be married, Martha? When it's killing your capacity to care. When you've lost your love and your joy for the things that you used to enjoy doing. You used to love singing. Now you don't even want to touch it. You used to love hosting people at your home. But because of too many disappointments, you don't want to set that tone anymore. You used to love putting things together, bringing people together. You used to love starting, initiating certain cultures, certain trends. You used to love being that person that could hug someone and say hi to someone. You used to love going to your job. You used to love your kids. I keep making this joke. I don't know why I keep going here, but you still love them. (laughs) But you still love them. But something in you has, has gotten a little contaminated through disappointment, through time doing offness with your when. It just got off. And I remember being so angry that this is the scary part. I don't know why I'm being so honest up here, but what better way to be honest on this church? I would sit in my room and times where I would just pray. I, I couldn't pray anymore. I would just stare out the window. And I remember saying this. I said, God, I have nothing to say to you. I didn't doubt that he was real. Like, me and God were good, but I was just angry. I was like, are you even good for real? Like, I'm doing all of this. And I've lost my hope and my desire and my capacity to care for any of the things you've given me. I couldn't care for the people I had around me. I didn't care for anything. I was just gone. And all I could do was just sit. I think it's so interesting that the Bible says, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet, and they make it sound so pretty. Like, oh my gosh, she totally got it. She's just sitting down, hair done, looking cute, listening to Jesus. I believe she probably had tears in her eyes. I probably, she had some pain in her belly. She had to listen. She's like, I got nothing. Martha, I can't help you right now. I got to get this from me. I got to receive this from me. I need this. I can't help you right now. Jesus is in the room. You looking for a problem when he's the problem solver. I think Mary got, she was so desperate. She knew how to be like, no, nothing else matters right now than me and Jesus in this moment. And even with my bad attitude, I remember just sitting down and like, I don't have nothing to say to you. I know you're real, but are you good? Because I don't get this. I feel like everything that I've tried, is just falling apart. And my timeline that I had for my life has not panned out. So what do you want from me? And I would cry. I would cry for days, for weeks, for months. It's called the grief process. Who knew? I I was grieving more than my aunt. I was grieving a lot. And then one day I got tired of crying. I got exhausted. And I was like, okay, God, I'm done being angry. I'm tired. It's your turn. Help me. And immediately I felt depression lift up. Not off, up. 
<laughs> like it didn't go away, like, but it was just like, oh, okay. And immediately I could remember the truths about God again. I was so distracted with my, you did this and you let me down that I forgot all the things he brought me through, all the things he spoke over me, all the, all the places he's brought me to, all those miracles that don't make sense. You remember those? Those moments where you're like, this had to be God. And I could remember those again. I had to choose, like Mary, something better. And I choose to put anger aside and say, I mean, I trust you. It doesn't make any sense and it hurts, but I trust you. Like, align me with you again. I don't want to be off. Put my timing back on your timeline. I want to be where you are. And I believe that this message is for us because God is saying, you guys feel so far from me and I want to be so close to you. And there's nothing that you can say or do that will stop me from loving you. So can you, can you surrender? Can you get like Mary and say, I've done all I can. I'm going to stop. I'm going to rest. I'm going to receive. And I'm going to say, but God, I trust you. But God, I trust you. This didn't pan out how I wanted it to. This doesn't look like how I wanted it to look like. But God, I trust you. Can you say that? But God, I trust you. But God, I trust you. I'm learning now, pain is inevitable. Like God wants us to live this full, powerful, joyful life. Amen. But we got to be prepped and equipped for the hard times too. We got to know how to suffer well and on time. Don't make that thing longer than it needs to be. God has a timeline for it. Make it quick. Get up. One thing I love about Pastor Chino is he doesn't give me permission to like sulk. Like, honestly, like I remember I'd come in with watery eyes. He's like, how do we fix this? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, come on. We got to keep going. We got to keep moving. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. Like he literally gives me a timeline for, okay, be sad, depressed, great. But what are you going to do next? And, I, and, I, and now I'm grateful for it because I'm like, yeah, why would I want to stay here? Why would I want to stay depressed? Why would I want to stay sulking? Why would I want to stay complaining? I don't. It's ugly. Ugh, get it off of me. Like, let's go. God has called us to greatness, great love, real love, that hard work. And in order to do that well, in order to be the best version of who we called to be, we have to know our when. We have to know our when, greater church. And I believe you people of purpose, you people who are called to great things are getting your when right now. Right now. I speak greatness over this house. I speak life over this house. I speak God dreams, good things that God has in store for you. We are a house that builds and goes out. We got work to do, greater church. We have so much work to do, so let's get our win right. I want, to, I want to close here, and I want to make space for people, because I've been talking a good game, right? We know who we are. We're people of purpose. We know what we're called to do, and we know that our work comes from the prayer room. And we know in order to be the best version of who we're called to be, we have to get our win right. But I've been saying this, and some of y'all are like, but I don't even know whose I am. Like, Z, this is so cute, and yeah, I feel motivated, great, but I don't know me. I don't know this love that you're talking about. And so I want to invite you to have a space to try something different because you tried everything else 
and you've noticed it hasn't worked. You've been Martha in the wrong season and it's time for you to receive, to receive the gospel that is Jesus died for you and he rose again for you so that you could live with power and authority. All you have to do is believe. That's how you figure out who you are, whose you are, by simply believing. We all have access. And I want to pray for you. So can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can